This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where the state health department reports 95 additional fatalities from the pandemic. This is only the second time this year the daily death toll has been under 100. The governor lashes out at President Joe Biden again, saying he will fight any effort by the White House to impose limits on travel to prevent the spread of COVID. But can you recall when Ron DeSantis wanted Donald Trump to ban New Yorkers from flying to Florida? Like Pepperidge Farm, Sunrise remembers. I think the administration needs to look at domestic flights from certain areas where you have outbreaks. DeSantis said that last March. Trump never did impose limits, so the governor set up checkpoints on interstates and sent National Guard soldiers to airports to screen new arrivals from New York. And now, of course, he says travel limits are a bad idea. The governor says Florida's election was an example for the rest of the nation last year about how to do it right. So, of course, the first thing he wants to do is change it. Uh, We need to make sure that that our citizens have uh, confidence in the elections, that they have the ability uh, uh, to to vote. We want, obviously, everyone to vote, uh, but we don't want anyone to cheat. And we want to make sure that that we strike that, that appropriate balance. Most of the changes affect the voting by mail process, which is preferred by Democrats. They say this is another example of voter suppression nonsense the GOP has employed for years. Same-sex marriage has been legal in Florida since 2015, when the U.S. Supreme Court threw out the state bans and declared marriage equality the law of the land. But Florida law still includes that ban on same-sex marriage that was passed in 1977, and now there's a bill to repeal it. We want to make sure that if anything would change at the Supreme Court, that Florida is not going to be the kind of state that goes backwards and takes away um, a couple's right to marry. We'll also have your daily calendar of political events and close with the story of a Florida woman who drank Tennessee fire straight from the bottle while recording a video threatening the FBI and then posting it on social media. But first, a word from the sponsors. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics, and we are much obliged. This public health crisis has shown our one-size-fits-all education system does not meet the needs of every child. Senate Bill 48 rethinks education and provides needed flexibility for students and families, giving students the tools and resources they need to unleash their potential. You can make a difference and improve our education system by visiting fledreform.com to tell your lawmaker to support SB 48. Paid for by Americans Prosperity Florida. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Monday, February 22nd. This is National Walk the Dog Day and National Margarita Day. On this date in 1878, Frank Woolworth opened his very first five-and-dime store in New York. It failed almost immediately. In 1959, they held the very first Daytona 500. The miracle on ice occurred on this date in 1980 when the U.S. ice hockey team beat the heavily favored Soviet Union 4-3 at Lake Placid. It was one of the biggest upsets in Olympic history. Americans went on to win the gold medal. And two years Years ago today, the owner of the New England Patriots was charged with soliciting prostitution as part of a human trafficking sting operation in Jupiter, Florida. But Robert Kraft got a happy ending. He beat the charges. The Florida Department of Health reported 95 additional fatalities and 5,000 newly confirmed cases of COVID-19 Sunday. The pandemic claimed another 1,130 lives in Florida over the past week. Now, there was a significant decrease in the number of new cases compared to the previous week, but an increase in the number of fatalities. The total number of infections in Florida has reached 1,869,000. Our death toll stands at 30,434. 
Hey, remember when we were trying to figure out who won the election last year and everyone had to concede that Florida actually got it right? Governor Ron DeSantis boasted that we did a better job counting ballots than any other state, so of course he wants to make some major changes to election law in the legislative session that begins next week. When the COVID-19 pandemic hit, a lot of states use that as a pretext to be able to do hastily uh, uh, new forms of voting. Uh, we didn't do that in Florida. We had a system. We had confidence in the system. We knew it was safe, um, and we did it. We were not uh, going to be sending out uh, unsolicited mass mail ballots uh, because, that, that, as we've seen, there's problems with that. And when people tried to sue us, uh, we told them, pound sand. We're not going to change what we're doing. So the result of 2020, from an administrative perspective, was that Florida had the most transparent and efficient election anywhere in the country. Other states took days, weeks, and even months to count their votes. And yet Florida, by midnight on election night, we had 99% uh, reporting and 11 million votes counted, tabulated, and put out to the public. It can be done, and don't let anyone tell you it can't be done. So I think it's important to point that out, and I think Floridians of all stripes can rest assured that in this state, your vote counts. Your vote matters. Your vote will be counted. It's going to be transparent. It's going to be above board. It's going to be a, 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 a confidence-inspiring process. And don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Don't let anyone point to any other state and try to act like that is how Florida conducts elections, because that is not true. That may have been true 20 years ago. It is not true now. So we have led on this issue from the very beginning. Uh, the results speak for themselves, but we also can't rest on our laurels. Uh, we need to make sure that we continue to stay ahead of the curve. Uh, we need to make sure that, that our citizens have uh, confidence in the elections, that they have the ability uh, uh, to, to vote. We want, you know, obviously, everyone to vote, uh, but we don't want anyone to cheat, and we want to make sure that, that we strike that, that appropriate balance. The governor was joined at this announcement by State Representative Blaze Angolia of Spring Hill, the former chairman of the state Republican Party. Among other things, Angolia is concerned about the universal vote by mail, where they send a ballot to every registered voter, which is something Florida does not do. He wants to ban ballot harvesting, where one person collects ballots from a number of voters and then delivers them to the elections office. Some consider that a convenience for people who are homebound or disabled, but he views it as a threat to the integrity of the vote. Angolia also wants to limit drop boxes for mail-in ballots, which is kind of funny since he sponsored the bill allowing them in the first place. Our election should be nothing short of safe, secure, and transparent. And listen, we know that we had a great situation here in Florida the last election, but we've seen on TV what other states are doing or probably what other states are not doing. So just because it happens in other states does not mean that we can put, we don't put up good legislation to make sure that what happens in those states does not happen here in the great state of Florida. That's why we need to stop this practice of mailing out ballots to anybody, whether they request it or not. We need to stop the practice of universal all vote by mail ballots. We need to stop ballot harvesting. It is about time that we outlaw the possession of anybody else's ballot but your own in the state of Florida.
We are going to stop billionaire tech CEOs from meddling in our elections. We are going to stop elections officials hiding in the back room, duplicating ballots, matching signatures. That needs to be open, in front, and transparent for the world to see. And we will demand nothing less. We need to do something with these drop boxes. To the governor's point, I helped draft the legislation that allowed them, but some of these supervisors of elections have gone rogue when it comes to these drop boxes. We need to rein them in big time. Democrats accuse Republican leaders of trying to give the governor an edge in next year's election by making it harder to vote. But DeSantis says they're doing it all for the voters. I think these will help strengthen confidence for folks. Uh, we had 11 plus million people vote. There was a lot of excitement and we want to keep that excitement going um, as we go forward. But uh, we did it right in 2020. Uh, we obviously got to continue to look and make sure we're doing it better. But there's probably no state where your vote matters more than the state of Florida. There's no state where you have as much transparency as the state of Florida and where you can have as much confidence uh, that these things are being done in the state of Florida. So I think these proposals uh, will strengthen us even more. And I think it'll put us in the in the catbird seat as these other elections come up and people will really continue to look for Florida. And you have states that are 30, 40 percent of our population who took a week to count votes. And I'm just thinking to myself, I mean, how could you be it just it's absurd that that would be the case. And so here we are and we're we're doing all this and we're doing it very efficiently. And that's a good thing. So uh, this is going to be a priority for us. This entire press conference at a hotel on the grounds of Palm Beach International Airport sounded a lot more like a campaign rally than a policy announcement. And the governor reinforced that idea when he attacked President Biden again for even considering the idea of travel limits to stop the spread of COVID-19, not to mention the new UK variant that is now more common in Florida than any other state. We will say, though, I know there was some stuff in the news recently, and I've been very strong, but we're also not going to let Joe Biden quarantine Florida or ban any travel to Florida. Not going to happen. Nope. Sorry. But you know who used to be a big supporter of domestic travel bans to limit the spread of COVID? Why that would be none other than Governor Ron DeSantis. Let's hop in the Wayback Machine and set the dials for March 15th of 2020, when the governor asked Donald Trump to find some way to prevent New Yorkers from flying to Florida. I think the administration needs to look at domestic flights from certain areas where you have outbreaks. Um, And obviously that involves a lot of things with the economy and everything, but I just think what we're seeing here um, is we're seeing cases now where people clearly would have acquired it somewhere else in the United States, brought it here. And I think New York, given Florida's relationship with people and our population's relationship to people from New York, you you just have a lot of interaction. And so uh, the question is, if these measures are succeeding, um, but then you still have more being brought in, it just makes it much more difficult to be able uh, to, to contain it. A lot has changed in the 11 months since he said that, but New York is still the governor's favorite scapegoat, punching bag, and philosophical nemesis. And Representative Mongolia reveled in that whole we hate New York vibe. Take that, Governor Cuomo. This governor is one of the reasons why they are leaving the lockdown state of New York and they are coming in droves to the free state of Florida. 
build the wall around New York. Hey, look, no, honestly, there are a lot of really great people in the state of New York, but don't come here and New York our Florida, please. New York is not the only state we're feuding with. One of them is right next door, and today could very well be the final showdown in the Southeast Water Wars. The U.S. Supreme Court hears arguments today in an eight-year-old lawsuit where Florida accuses Georgia of using too much of the water from the Appalachicola-Chattahoochee-Flint River system, which starts in North Georgia and ends in Appalachicola Bay. Now, Florida claims Georgia is using so much water it's destroying the once legendary oyster industry in Appalachicola. Georgia claims Florida is asking for too much water, and it would have a major impact on their economy, especially agriculture. A special master has already ruled against Florida, but the Supreme Court has the final say. Back in 2015, the Supreme Court struck down all the state bans on same-sex marriage, including the 1977 Florida law that prohibited them. That law is no longer enforced, but technically it is still on the books. And State Representative Michelle Rayner Goolsby of St. Petersburg says it's time to remove the law for good. And for her, it's personal. I have a woman that I love very, very, very much. Um, I call her my unicorn. If you see by her picture, there's a unicorn right there. Um, And she is just everything to me. And I was so glad that, um, you know, we were brought together and uh, we were able to, you know, make the decision, make the choice for us to get married. And that um, choice that we made for our family to be married is under constant threat as long as this law is on the books in the state of Florida. And so for me, this bill, it's not just a bill to do, but it's a bill that's personal. It's a bill that affects my family, affects so many friends of mine and um, family members of mine. And we need to make sure that the laws of the land are codified, that no one has to be in fear that their marriage is you know, viewed as a less than or null and void because for so long, people in the LGBTQ community, their relationships were seen less than, right? Their relationships were seen not as important or not as, you know, to the level as a heterosexual relationship. And we know that to be a flat out lie. Todd and Jeff Delmay were part of the original legal challenge in Florida that resulted in the marriage equality verdict. They were the second same-sex couple legally married in Florida, and they're hoping state lawmakers will simply repeal the old law and move on with their lives. And I think about the last seven years, and back then, I think the number one question that we got was, well, why don't you just go somewhere else, right? There were other states where you could go and get married, and we said then that the reason that we wanted to fight this fight here in Florida is because this is our home. This is where we fell in love. It's where we met. It's where we've made a life. It's where our son is growing up. This is the place. And as long as these kinds of relics remain on our books, um, it continues to be a way that those haters continue to have a way to say, well, why don't you just go somewhere else? And we're not going anywhere else. We've been here for seven years fighting this fight. We will continue to fight this fight. It's the right fight. Um, our son has grown up seeing all, you know, everything that we've been a part of, he has been a part of. We've always told him that he was part of this fight. And we want him to see and to know that his family is just as valued as any other families. And for us, it was also a matter of just fairness. We wanted to be treated the same way that our heterosexual brothers, who we actually saw got mar- get married, and we had been together many years even before they were able to get married, um, and we participated and we supported them and 
we wanted the same thing. We wanted this. We wanted that fairness. We wanted that equality in in marriage, and to and to take advantage and have those protections that come along with being married, uh, legal, um, whatever it is, personal, and uh, not only to protect us as a couple, but to protect our son and to protect our family. So it was bottom line. It was just about being fair and uh, making sure that we could show that to Blake. Senator Tina Polsky of Boca Raton is sponsoring the repealer bill in the upper chamber. She says this matters because the only thing guaranteeing marriage equality in Florida right now is the U.S. Supreme Court. And you know why this is so important, even though it's obsolete at the moment because of our Supreme Court decision? What if something changes? Just like you know, a woman's right to choose, it's teetering on the edge. And we want to make sure that if anything would change at the Supreme Court, that Florida is not going to be the kind of state that goes backwards and take, takes away a woman's right or takes away um, a couple's right to marry. And so while this statute is really not in use right now, we don't want anyone to ever fall back on it and, and take our state backwards. And so we can't rely on just the Supreme Court decision right now. We have this terrible law in the books that needs to be repealed. And I'm so happy to sponsor it. I, you know, I'm going to do whatever I can to get it heard in the Senate. Um, I've, I've begun those conversations. Um, I wish I had better news to report on that, but I don't give up too easily. And we're going to make sure we can get something done. But even if lawmakers repeal that 1977 statute, it's not the end of it. In 2008, Florida voters approved an amendment to the state constitution banning both same-sex marriage and civil unions. If the U.S. Supreme Court reverses its decision on marriage equality, Florida's constitutional ban would be revived, and the fight would start all over again. Up next, your calendar of events and the Florida Man segment featuring a Florida woman who caught the FBI's attention with an ill-advised video. But first, a word from the sponsors. In Florida, if you fall behind on court debt payments, the state takes away your driver's license. But if you can't drive, you can't work. So how can you make enough money to pay the debt? This policy makes no sense. Let's end debt-based license suspensions and help Florida get back to work. Welcome back to the Sunrise Calendar. It begins at 10 when the U.S. Supreme Court hears arguments in the Florida-Georgia Water War. The South Florida Regional Planning Council meets at 10.30. At 1.30, a U.S. magistrate holds an arraignment hearing for Daniel Baker, who was indicted after he allegedly plotted to, quote, violently confront protesters outside the Florida Capitol last month. The Local Government Efficiency Task Force meets online at 1.30. And at 3, the Agriculture Commissioner, the State Forester, the DEP Secretary, and the State Wildlife Director all take part in an online ceremony to present the Resource Manager of the Year Award. Finally today, a Florida woman is facing federal criminal charges for basically being a dumbass. The FBI called Palm Beach County resident Suzanne Ellen Kay last month to ask about her visit to Washington on Insurrection Day. Agents say she denied making the trip and said she would prefer to be interviewed at her home. Then Kay recorded a video where she drank Jack Daniels' Tennessee Fire straight from the bottle, played a Muzak version of the police while threatening to shoot anyone who showed up at her door. Fair warning for the kids, she loves to drop the F-bomb. I'm an American. I know my fucking rights. My First Amendment right to be speech. My Second Amendment right to carry a gun. To shoot your fucking ass if you come to my house. So fuck you. Fuck you following me. I don't fucking care. I'm glad you know who I am. Three weeks after posting that video to TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram, Kay is facing a charge of making an interstate communication threatening to injure another person. There's a hearing next week. She faces up to five years in prison if convicted. 
Her attorney calls it free speech. That's it for this episode of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics. Thank you.